Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. At some point, we have to look around at everybody and ask each other, what are you thinking and why do you think your behavior is acceptable? Especially at this point, now that we're finally being allowed to get back out amongst the masses with friends, with fellow fans, you got to look around and say, hey, don't be that guy. Don't be that girl because it's happening at an alarming rate. And I'm not sure what fixes it. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, the ESPN app, and, of course, your smart speaker. But I obviously am not Greeny. Jason Fitz sitting in for Greeny, sitting with Mike Golick Jr. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests will appear on the Goodyear hotline. And we're going to get straight away into some straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless on this Memorial Day edition of Greeny. And, Mike, it comes in the the form of fans. And, you know, I, I do these ESPN Radio sports beats. Uh, the affiliates play, and I did one last week on we've got to start looking left to right because whether it's been NHL playoff games, whether it's been Major League Baseball games, or particularly now four times, as you just heard in the Sports Center update, uh, four times in the NBA playoffs already, we've seen fans decide that they can just go wild, wild west and do whatever they want to players as they're walking off the court. I don't understand the mentality, Mike, that allows somebody to say, you know what, I'm going to throw a bottle at Kyrie Irving as he walks off the court, and that that's going to be okay. Yeah, I don't claim to understand the mentality, but I'm not surprised by it anymore. Like in a lot of instances, it is the fan mentality. And I don't mean that to say, because as everyone's pointed out, it was one fan in TD Garden that was the one throwing the bottle. The rest, while they were loudly chanting "FU Kyrie and all that stuff, like to an extent, I can understand that. But we know and have seen... The fan mentality. I've seen it up close as a player. I've seen it up close covering games. It can be an ugly thing at times. And you're right. We're seeing it kind of all focused in to one spot here. It's like we put it all in a bottle and just started shaking it the minute we could get people back in stands. And and you're totally right that one person doesn't define a fan base. But we also have to acknowledge the fact that fans are often defined by the lowest common denominator. And, you know, you come at so much from a former player's mindset, rightfully so. Uh, Anybody could look at me for two seconds and realize I – did not play any uh, any high-level sports, right? So I, I put my fan hat onto this, and uh, everybody knows I'm a Raiders fan. Raiders fans are often defined by the few, not by the majority. And, uh, you know, that I think that's true of most fan bases. So one or two bad apples does create an entire uh, misconception in some cases of how fans are. We spend more time talking about the Bills fans that are jumping onto tables than we do about the Bills fans that are raising tons of money for great charities, right? Like, it, it's just sort of the way media and society work sometimes the lowest common denominator so when you see fans even if it's just one deciding that they're going to do something like this it does become something that defines an entire fan base right or wrong because that's the way it's always been Mike it's the way it's always been and so now it's all right what do we do to stop it at this point because we've seen in all of these instances whether it has been dumping popcorn on somebody spitting throwing a water bottle or as we saw in Utah with a few fans using uh, using racially charged language towards John Morant's father in the crowd and John Morant's family in the crowd it's been all right immediate lifetime ban from that arena and it should probably be every arena in the NBA just to make sure that this problem and this person doesn't persist elsewhere but I wonder if the biggest deterrent will be because Jason I went back and forth on how do you treat these people when it comes to this because we know we can't suggest that you know that there's any sort of roughing up that goes on or people getting tuned up but that could be a possibility of all this with the security involved in these instances but we've seen, all right, 
I've already seen the face on ESPN.com on TV of the guy who threw the water bottle in the at the Celtics game wearing a Kevin Garnett uniform. Seen his face, clear as day. And I wonder, he's getting charged now, it sounds like what we've heard from Boston PD, with an actual crime. Like he's going to have to potentially pay for this in a way legally. Is that enough of a pushback? Because I feel like when it comes to the idiots throwing stuff it generally tends to be more on fuel, right? If you throw them on TV, if you throw them on camera, they kind of get what they want, which is attention. They're trying to grab attention in that crowd with the people around them and hold court. With the people that say racist stuff, I would say throw their pictures out there and air them out. Like, make sure their employer knows how they're living. Make sure they know what they're doing. But I'm not sure for these kind of things if the idiot fuel of putting them on camera, unless you're going to follow that up with legal action and prosecution the way we might see from Boston PD. That's some straight talk, straight talk, wireless, no contracts, no compromise. It's never good when players don't feel safe. And I don't care what you think of the player. At some point, they have to feel safe doing their job. And it comes back to Kyrie. This is what Kyrie Irving said about how he feels uh, as uh, afterwards when he was asked about the incident. Underlying racism and just treating people like they're in a human zoo. You know, throwing stuff at people, saying things. You know, there's a certain point where it just gets to be too much. So, you know, I, I called it out. I just wanted to keep it strictly basketball. And then you just see that people just feel very entitled out here. You know, they pay for the tickets. Great. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that they're coming in to watch a great performance. But it, it's just... You know, we're not at the theater. We're not throwing tomatoes and, and other random stuff at the people that are performing. You know, it's just it's too much. Kyrie, we shouldn't be doing that either. Like, I mean, <laughs> Jason's like, as a former <laughs> member of that theater. I mean, I've had some bad shows. I don't want stuff thrown at me there either. I mean, but there there is sort of some entitlement portion of this, Mike, that is real. And if you're an athlete, you, you can't feel – you should never feel as you're walking off the court like your safety's in jeopardy or there's a line. Like, we all know, if you, if you see it, you know it, right? Like, there's a line. I just don't – I don't know what stops it. You're right. Maybe it's a matter of publicizing the people that are guilty in these instances. Maybe it's a matter of making sure there's longer ramifications because I just don't think taking away tickets and saying, well, you can never come to this arena is good enough. Like that, That's just not enough of a deterrent, especially because sometimes for somebody in a playoff game, it's a once-in-a-lifetime moment anyway. They spent all that money getting into the arena probably with the ticket that could be secondary market. You never know. Like I'm not sure kicking somebody out is enough. No, it's not. And the other thing we don't need to do in all this is equate what happened with Kyrie Irving at the end of that game, stomping on the Celtics logo at the middle at uh, half court with the water bottle getting thrown at him. Like, is stomping at the logo kind of JV? Like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know if that's something I'd imagine like a bunch of pro athletes doing on a regular basis and me feeling like that's necessarily like the coolest way to get back at somebody. But there's no equivalency with these two actions, with him doing that and then a human being throwing a water bottle at him. So we can make sure that we leave that behind. Yeah, I, I, I'll say this all day. When are we going to stop arguing like we're 10 years old? Because, like, when I was a kid, if I got in a fight and my mom came in and said, oh, my God, what are you doing fighting? I said, well, he did it first. Like, that's not an excuse. Like, at some point, we all have to look at each other and realize we are grown-ass adults and be that. You know, they're, they're, mm. it, it's maddening to me to have somebody turn around and say, well, you know, he did this, so that justified my behavior. No, it didn't. Be better. Don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. It's simple. Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. You could say big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or both. Boat insurance, visit progressive.com. All right, we're going to get some thoughts on this, plus everything that happened over a wild weekend in the NBA from a former player and one of our favorites next. Greeny on ESPN Radio, Mike Golick Jr., Jason Fitz, sitting in for Greeny on this Memorial Day edition.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, ESPN App, and your smart speaker. Presented by Progressive Insurance, Jason Fitz, Mike Golick Jr. sitting in for Greeny. If you were following me on Twitter at Jason Fitch, you got some great analysis on things like AD oh, and his injury. As I reminded the world that the Suns' win would be huge for the series, and AD being out would make it tougher for the Lakers to win. I'm on fire, Mike, with my 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 Twitter presence. I really felt like yesterday I nailed. I was given the advice, smart advice, to be more engaged during the game. So I took that opportunity to make sure people knew that the Hawks and Knicks were playing a basketball game. Felt good about that one. And that yeah, you channel, you channel a lot of Magic Johnson energy with those <laughs> tweets. Hey, man, if, if it makes me the Magic Johnson of Twitter, then it's all good, right? Like, uh, you know, Well, that's, that's the problem is we already have a Magic Johnson of Twitter. Like, uh, God love Magic Johnson, who is an incredibly kind man. And I got to be honest, one of the very few people who's been around the ESPN building that I have been starstruck to meet, like he truly is larger than life in every room that he walks into, but we all know his Twitter presence is one of overwhelmingly obvious tweets. So you would kind of be the Magic Johnson Jr. of Twitter, I would say. Ah, that's, that's fair. I'll take, uh, you know, anytime Magic and I are in the same sentence, it works. <laughs> all right, we'll get some real analysis on what, what, what happened yesterday by heading over to the Goodyear hotline where Monica McNutt joins us, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. All right, Monica, so realistically, I, it's easy to look at the Lakers and oversimplify this. AD Hurt, going to be tough to be to win this series, but you saw him go down with the groin injury. What's it mean for the Lakers Sun series moving forward in your mind? Hmm. I don't know if that's an oversimplification though, Fitz. I think that's real life. Um, 
I will say that it requires much more of uh, the supporting cast. Like, LeBron's going to do LeBron things, but the supporting cast has to be there to support him. And that includes whether or not KCP is going to play. That puts a lot of pressure on Mark Gasol and Andre Drummond in terms of slowing DeAndre Ayton. I don't think we're talking enough about how well he's played in the series. I mean, of course, Chris Paul is ready to play. Like, between the Chris Paul injury, Monty Williams' total story, um, just this entire Phoenix Suns team, like, we know that LeBron loves his acting and his movies – but I kind of think that the more storybook ending here would be for Phoenix to actually pull this off. And so this is not anything to sneeze at if you're the Lakers and just say, oh, we got LeBron, we got it. Like, now you have an older LeBron with a lingering ankle injury, um, and you don't have a ton of depth against a team that didn't limp into their position. Like, the Phoenix Suns are a real deal. Do, do y'all remember when we thought Kyle Kuzma was going to be, like, really good as the other guy in L.A.? Like, he's just invisible, Monica. Yeah. What the heck happened there? He's kind of moody. Like, sometimes he shows up, and then sometimes it's like, oh, okay, like, you're just on there, on that team. Right. Um, I just There's a lot of star power around him, and I think really asserting yourself. I have this theory that guys that can do a bunch of different things, and girls, like in the WNBA, um, it doesn't necessarily bode them well when they are surrounded by superstars because what superstars need is phenomenal role players around them. You know what I mean? Like, I know what I'm going to get out of you. I know how to set you up. I um, mean, I think Clues kind of falls in that bucket. Like, he can do a handful of things really well, but doesn't necessarily excel at one thing. And so I think it makes it kind of challenging sometimes for him to find his place consistently on that roster. Well, yeah, and I think it's difficult all season long when he was kind of asked to plug whatever hole came up as the stars mm-hmm. on this roster were so injured to now all of a sudden slot in one place. Monica McNutt with us here on ESPN Radio. Monica, I want to move around to some of the other action that we saw around the NBA the Hawks go out and get it done on their home court in State Farm. Big 113-96 win over the Knicks. And I was amazed, Monica, at the amount of people I saw turning on Julius Randle. What do you make of the disappearing act, though, from the Knicks star during the series, especially in this last game? Man, Gojo, it's it's been a little bit puzzling. Uh, if you just looked at box scores, you'd say, oh, he's averaging a double-double. What are you guys talking about? You kind of got to watch the games. Um and I think, you know, somebody said, Alan Hunt, actually, on our postgame show, we were in the green room, and he's like, you're kind of seeing the difference between a former MVP um, and a most improved. And that's not a knock against Julius as much as it is just a flat-out statement in terms of Derrick Rose. Not only was his athleticism a part of why he was once an MVP, but he has an incredible basketball IQ, and that has not changed. He literally has been the only person to consistently look unfazed by the Atlanta Hawks. Um, as far as Drew goes, like, he struggled with the length. He struggled with the length um, and the way that the Hawks are loading up to them, are loading up to him. And credit McMillan and those guys. Like it's not all that he's just missing shots. I thought in game one, um, he missed some shots that he typically would hit. Um, but moving forward, it it seems like it's in his head a little bit. And it was funny. We hosted the Twitter Spaces with the um, Knicks account the other day, and Drew Hamlin. One of the NBA trainers, actually, I believe he works with RJ Barrett, was in the chat. And um, we asked him about, you know, guys hitting a slump. And he's like, so much of it becomes mental. He's like, I've even had guys come to me while they're in a slump, and I will make up something that is not wrong with their shot at all, just for them to be like, oh, yeah, like, I do feel that, just so they feel like they have something to adjust, which I thought was a really, really interesting point. So, um, you know, Knicks are in a tough spot, but if you're a Knicks fan, you don't want to be in this spot having to go back to State Farm Arena. The sixth man, the silver lining, they get to come back to MSG um, on Wednesday night. And when Mike Brings says that MSG in games one and two was something that, you know, he puts in the top ten of his experiences, I believe it. And I think that energy will be back for game four, or five, rather. 
It's Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Mike Golick Jr., Jason Fitz in for Greeny. We're talking to Monica McNutt. So you just mentioned returning to MSG and how crazy the atmosphere is. We were talking a little earlier before you came on with us about fans and the issues that have been existing with the NBA, really all sports, but particularly with the NBA so far through the playoffs. What fixes fan behavior? Oh, Fitz, these folks have temporarily lost their minds. What's wrong with these people? Um, what fixes fan behavior? A heavy hand? You know what I'm saying? Some some serious consequences? Of all the incidents we saw this weekend, the only time we saw police involved was in Boston. And I sort of applaud Boston. Like, this, you know, it feels weird to say this is assault, but it is. Like, if you would not stand toe-to-toe with Kyrie Irving, you know, Russell Westbrook, Trey, like, if you wouldn't stand toe-to-toe with these people and do the things that you're doing, then do not use the cloak of being in a fan situation in an audience watching a game as your fake, you know, tough guy card. Like, that's ridiculous. You've been a jerk. That's unacceptable. And I think the consequences, honestly, should go beyond being banned because I could very easily see a world in which some dude is like, yeah, I can't go to the garden no more. You know what I'm saying? I got tossed off with on a bottle like Kyrie in a city where Kyrie is already sort of loathed. So I don't know that the bans are sufficient enough a consequence. And clearly we keep saying the same behavior. So, no, actually it's not. And we've seen Malika Andrews just tweeted out Cole Buckley, who was the fan, a 21-year-old was arrested and charged with assault and battery by means of a dangerous weapon for throwing that water bottle at Kyrie Irving, according to Boston PD. He'll be arraigned Tuesday in Boston Municipal Court. So you're right. There's a difference Mm. of, hey, I'll throw that bottle and I'll be the hero in our section and everyone will notice me to, oh, I might actually have some serious trouble on this that's going to make my life a lot harder in other spots. Monica, I do want to get on the court there, though. Brooklyn takes a 3-1 lead, and I mean, this was a dominant wire-to-wire washing by the Nets in this game. 102 combined points for Katie Kyrie and James Harden. This series is likely over. What have you learned about this Brooklyn Nets team the most time we've seen, really, for these three stars on the court together at once? Nothing, Golik. Like, nothing. (laughs) And everybody that was hollering that, like, oh, where's one ball? Like, the three superstars. Like, sit down. No. These guys all played with superstars before they got here. What did we learn? Oh, wow, they can get buckets. And and James Harden is an incredible passer in terms of setting the table. There's not much for me to take away from the Celtics series. There's been glimpses of impressive defense, but I think the Celtics struggle so much that I'm not going to get too carried away there. But I have maintained, even if the score is 202 to 200, if the Nets have 202, they win the ballgame. So I don't feel like I've learned much of anything. Like, Katie is a slim, slim reaper. What's his name? Tall, easy money sniper, whatever. Yes, accurate. Kyrie, a bucket, still. James Harden, mm -hmm, problematic. Like, I don't know that I've learned much. I will say if I had to dig deep in the analysis learning bag, um, Jeff Green, to me, needs to get right for the sake of this series. He's just so versatile, not just in terms of the positions he can play defensively and what he brings offensively, but he's a really important leader and kind of glue guy for that squad. I don't know that that's an injury that – you know, oh, they're in for it against the Bucks because of that injury. No, I, but I do think that that's a guy that has meant a lot to this organization and has been on the floor most of the year. So getting him back certainly helps. Monica, as always, you are the best. You guys can follow her on Twitter at McNutMonica. Monica, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for the insight, the expertise. We always appreciate you, my friend. No problem, guys. Have a great Memorial Day. Uh, it is it is amazing. She She's learned nothing from it. And all I keep learning is that I cannot wait for the next round because Milwaukee, Brooklyn is going to be what my soul Ooh. craves. I'm just saying, my soul is craving it. All right, we'll, uh, we'll keep breaking down everything that's happening here with the Lakers and some of the conversation we were just having. But first, 
want to make sure that you guys are aware of ZipRecruiter. The football offseason always wild with all the trades, free agent signings, and new coaching hires. Teams have to be excited for the coming season. If you want to hire people you're really excited about, it's easier than being a GM. Just team up with ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. Actually, I'm suddenly wishing that the Raiders just had this. It would make draft day so much easier. No wonder four out of five employees who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So we got a way for you to do it for free. Just try ZipRecruiter for free to go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, we'll keep breaking down. Oh, wait, uh, fourth wall here. Do we have a commercial, Nuno, or do no. we? No, we don't have a, okay, that, I don't know. Like, there's you didn't a lot pay of different attention clocks. to any of the stuff in the pre-show meeting. You know, got to be some disgusted right now. But, but you know what, Mike? It's uh, there's a lot of different times. Some of us are you know grinding on different times, different clocks every day. It gets oh a little, yeah, no, Jason, a little listen, confusing. We'll, we we'll don't just sit in the, the cushy Chinay and Golik Junior world that you sit in, where everybody holds your hand from four wait, to seven. So wait, Jason, you mean the show that I'm on, where we have a clock divided into quarters with four different segments that's entirely different than this one, and yet I am still able to come in here. And navigate this and hold your hand through the long segment that you somehow can't grasp here. That's that's what we've got in this situation. It's been, it's been a minute, so I was just making sure. I was just, I got a little confused, Mike. You know, I'm just, uh, just, just I'm I'm here to help you and shame you in the process, Jason. It's the story of our friendship. This, this has been really greeny on ESPN Radio. By the way, he's Mike Golick Jr. I'm Jason Fitz, and he's really just mad because I revealed to him earlier that uh, oh, Waffle God. House has egg whites. And that that was for that no, was like big you didn't pushing. reveal to me that Waffle House has egg whites. You revealed that to me and said that you have actually consumed them at the Waffle House. Well, of course. I mean, if they're going to give me a healthy option, what's wrong with having a healthy option at Waffle House, Mike? Jason, let me tell you. Let me tell you a little story. I walked in. I remember. You remember that like time where we started putting the calorie count next to everything. We were going through this health change as a nation and as an industry, and people were starting to put the calorie counts up in places. And I said, you know what? I get it. Get it how you live. Help people out. Let them make smart decisions. Then I walked into one of the movie theaters by my house here in Connecticut, and I looked <laughs> up and I saw the calorie counts next to cheesy pretzel bites or uh, you know meat lovers pizza. And I looked up there and I said, hold on. I walked into this building to do bad things. Like, I came here to sin. And that same thing can be said of walking into Waffle House. I've never once walked in there and said, you know what? I'm going to get myself a nice balanced meal. No, I came in here to muck it up, man. I came in here to smother, chunk, and cover my hash browns. I came in here to eat a waffle in one bite and hear the staff argue with one another like I'm not there. So don't you dare sully the experience with egg whites. What are you doing? I mean, egg whites, you can get a little bit of fruit on the side if you want, and then uh, no hash browns if you're eating particularly healthy. And if you really want to be splurgy bad boy at that point, you get a piece of toast with no butter. And then, you know, you've got just a little bit of carb that you're giving yourself. Like, just stay home. Just stay home. Yeah, well, last, I can't have, like, people yelling at each other like I'm not there. And, well, you know, my childhood. But uh, I can't. (laughs) Oh, that got dark. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. (laughs) Oh, Mike, you know what? I just enjoy being out amongst people. And, by the way, you you and I both love going to the movies. A lot of people know that. And uh, I'm all in on going to the theater. Uh, I just happen to, you know, maybe sometimes sneak a, a pack of, Almonds in with me and uh, take a See, seltzer water with no calories on it. Jason, sneaking snacks into the movie. Like, I don't know if I can publicly support this, but we've all been there. And mm-hmm. honestly, based on the prices at those places, if you're subverting that, I can't fault you. We've all been there. That being said, 
almonds and seltzer water. Again, man, like, there's a time and a place for health. Like, as a reformed fat myself and a former offensive lineman who's trying to emulate all of these guys that we see, the Joe Thomases and Eric Woods and Nick Harbucks of the world who are shredded after being fat people their whole lives, I get it. But there's a time and a place, man. And when I walk into that dark theater, it has got to be Milk Duds or it has got to be Peanut M&M's. That is it. Wow. Uh, you know what? I, I feel it. There and is a peanut in there, too, by the way, so you're kind of stealing on the almond train like that if uh, you are uh, so inclined. I'm going to go almonds, maybe flavored almonds, if I'm really feeling bougie, because we all know that peanuts don't belong in chocolate at all. I mean, that's just an abomination. He's oh. Mike Golick Jr. I'm Jason Fitz. This is Creeny on ESPN Radio. All of our guests appear on the Goodyear Hotline. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And uh, while it's clear that Mike and I are never going to agree about food, I'm not going to apologize for eating healthy at the Waffle House. Uh, there are, there's nothing clear right now, about what's next for the Lakers, particularly because everybody saw it watching the game. Anthony Davis went down, uh, grabbed the growing, and uh, all of a sudden uh, you've got a little level of panic, obviously, and that means a lot of questions about what's next. This is what Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN NBA insider, said this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin about AD's status. His status and the word that was used with me was unclear uh, for Tuesday night's game in Phoenix. I was told he's going to be day-to-day with that groin strain. This is uh, a real concern to the Lakers. I think even a greater burden is is on LeBron James. You know, even if Anthony Davis plays, you know, groin injuries are tough, and, and so you you have to wonder even if he does play, his mobility, how effective he can be. Mike, it just feels like it's been that year for the Lakers. I don't know if it's the quick turnaround after winning the championship in the bubble. It's just they have not been able to get right throughout the course of the season. So it, it almost doesn't feel surprising to see AD, you know, dealing with these sorts of issues because it's been that sort of a season in LA. Yeah, and we know, I mean, we hear everyone say it over and over again, but the biggest predictor of future injury is past injury, especially with all the restrictions and limitations that this season's posed. So, yeah, this series seems to have been as as simple as who are the healthy bodies on the court, right? Because we saw it's hard to tell which was more valuable, but Anthony Davis's presence off the court coupled with Chris Paul being able to come back, and you heard him talking after the game about the conversations he had with Monty Williams about, hey, I'm going to go out there and try it, and if I look sorry, you can pull me off the court. But he gutted it out. He had a great performance with them, no turnovers on the books, and really made a huge difference. Like Devin Booker, who had been you know, point-wise, output-wise through the first few games of this series, really productive, was a little more nondescript last night. It really was about Chris Paul and what his presence on the court meant while the Lakers on the other side had to deal with the same thing, Jason. I've always said, when it comes to a star player in the lineup, they're a huge part of your game plan. And so when you go into a night assuming they're going to have this role in your game plan and then all of a sudden they're pulled out from under you in the middle of the game, I know you've got LeBron James over there, but it's still an adjustment because everything you've prepared for is predicated on this person being a part of it. Everything about your rotations, everything about the plays that you're going to run. And so making those adjustments on the fly is tough. And that's why, however it goes with Anthony Davis, I know you, we just read what, what uh, Adrian Wojnarowski said about his status it being clear and decisive is going to be the best thing for the Lakers because we saw going back to, I think it was game three, when you've got this hanging over your head the way the Suns did, where Chris Paul started off in that game, but then you took him out in the middle, that throws you off a lot more than that player just being out at the start of the game and you knowing clearly what is my role going to be on the court without them. I'm just not sure what the Lakers do. Even with that that being said, it's a really good point by you. 
I'm not sure that this Lakers team minus AD uh, is built to beat the Suns, but I'm also not sure that that's a big surprise. Like, if you run the Lakers, you had to know coming into this year, everybody within the organization had to know. There's one way we win and one way we don't. Like, it's very clear. If AD and LeBron are healthy, then we're going to believe that our two are going to be better than everybody else in the NBA, no matter what. If they aren't, we're not. And they're in the latter of those two categories at this point. Like, they just can't get LeBron and AD right at the same time. And, you know, I'm not sure that they were ever built to be able to survive that, especially in a series where, to your point, Chris Paul coming back in, he looked great in that game. And all of a sudden you look around and say, I, I, I don't, with no AD, I don't see how the Lakers beat this Suns team. Yeah, I still think if LeBron James chooses to go downhill in Supernova, like again, you saw him ease into that in the second half because he realized, all right, as we trot out these other lineups, it is going to be more incumbent on me. I can't feel it out the way I thought I might because we know with this Lakers team, the other like worst-kept secret is it's, a, it's not a great three-point shooting outfit. It's a streaky team at best that relies on those guys to draw attention. But on the other side, I look, Jason, and I say, all right, what's sustainable about the Suns? Like, Jay Crowder had a big game last night for them, 17 points. That guy up until then was 2 of 20 for 3 in this series. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not something you can readily count on there. And so I still look at the knowns and say, hey, if LeBron James goes downhill towards the basket where he has not had a problem in this series, regardless of who's guarding him, I still think between him, Dennis Schroeder, and what we've seen at times from like Mark Gasol in this series, you can cobble together something that gets you past this Suns team. After that, it's going to get a lot more difficult, but I still think with LeBron James on the court, if he has the right mindset, one we've seen late in the series time and time again, they can do this. I find myself holding my breath, though, with LeBron. Just And maybe it's the lingering ankle issue. I don't know. It's just... Uh, you're absolutely right that I always use the turbo button analogy when we talk about athletes. I I just feel like that turbo button is just going to go away at some point in this season because he's battled so many injuries. Now, uh, maybe not. We'll we'll see how it, it looks moving forward. PJ Carlissimo, ESPN NBA analyst, uh, was asked about how concerned the Lakers should be about AD's injury this morning on Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin, and this is what he said. I would think the Lakers would be very, very concerned. Unfortunately for the Lakers, the series is – Bang, bang, bang. It's Tuesday night, Thursday night, Saturday, I believe. So there's not going to be any rest. Like, if, if, if he's able to play at all and how much he plays, it's going to be one day and traveling. It's really going to be challenging. It would have been challenging at 100% for the Lakers to beat Phoenix. Uh, you know, I'm be, trying to be respectful to Phoenix. Did, could the Lakers be favored if they're 100% healthy? Yes. But they're not 100% healthy, and they weren't when this series started. It's a great point, Mike, about the scheduling and how it doesn't do any favors in this situation, but that's sort of what playoff basketball is. And again, it feels like war of attrition is impacting every single series right now as the you know the Mavs are trying to figure out what to do with a Luka that at least in one game was a shell of who he's been in the series overall because of injury. We talked about Chris Paul's injury. Like It feels like much like the NFL landscape when we hit the playoffs where we say, okay, whoever's healthiest is going to be fine. There's a little element of that to me in this NBA situation as well. There certainly is. Jason, if you're Frank Vogel, game five, does Anthony Davis see the court? No. I'd agree. I think yeah, I think you keep him held up and say, if we need him for a closeout or an elimination game, then we can rock with it. But I would almost I would probably make that decision as early as possible, focus him on treatment and say for the rest of us, 
our game plan has to be without him in mind. Yeah, I, I like, love the idea of putting him in a break in case of emergency glass case and just wait and see what's happening. All right, is your dad's razor older than you are? Get him something new for Father's Day. A DSC six blade razor is perfect for an extra close, precise shave. Get one now at a store near you as part of a gift gift set at dollarshaveclub.com slash greeny. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash greeny. If you think things are bad for the Lakers and the Lakers fans are panicking today, there's a little bit of a hold my beer moment coming from New York. That's the sound of Knicks fans everywhere as they are absolutely appalled by what they're seeing over the course of the weekend. We'll figure out how to fix it next. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Mike Olick Jr., Jason Fitz, sitting in for Greeny. KJC. With LeBron James, the whole game changes. When he steps onto the floor inside that locker room, for whatever it is, the energy that he brings to the table in heightens the performance of others around him. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Tubin tomorrow morning starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. 92.9 on the call there. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, ESPN app, and of course your smart speakers. Jason Fitz, Mike Golick Jr. sitting in for Greeny today. And look, we've all been watching this series. There, there are times that we talk about, you know, the NBA is better when the Knicks are good. And you, know, you hear that and you roll your eyes. And then you're reminded it's true. I mean, because when Madison Square Garden is rocking the way Madison Square Garden has rocked in this series, it's just fun to watch. But the other side of it is that Nate McMillan, the Hawks, uh, they they have been not only playing incredibly well, but they've been making moves. Since Nate took over for a fire, fired Lloyd Pierce midseason, Nate went 27-11 and 11 to finish the regular season. Now Atlanta leads the Knicks 3-1 to one in their first-round series. Making Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. So the question is, what fixes it, Mike? Because like it's hard for me right now. As good as good as well as the Hawks have played, it's hard for me to find a way that the Knicks come back and win this series overall. But you never know. Like going back to the Garden, maybe that's the spike that everybody needs. 
See what, what I did that? there? I was, I, I was almost going to give you credit for accidentally doing that, oh and I realized that there are no accidents when it comes to Jason Fitz puns, so this Spike Lee pun is brought to you by Jason Fitz's Magic Johnson Jr.-like Twitter presence. Follow but, me uh, at Jason Fitz. Go ahead. <laughs> like I say, for all the in-game updates you want on, is this game good? Um... But no, uh, Jason, I don't know if there is a fix because I think the one thing, and we talked to Monica McNutt about this earlier in the show, looking at Julius Randle and who he's been in the postseason. I said this after really the first couple of games. In the key moments, it looked like the Knicks were waiting around for someone to make the play. And we saw that fall on Derrick Rose. We saw this where it worked out well for them, where Derrick Rose had these great moments that we all felt good about, knowing the path that he's gone along in the NBA and what it means for him to be back here now, Tibbs trusting him in key moments of these games. The downside of that is, is it's still an aging Derrick Rose. Like, you look at him and Taj Gimson, and you can feel nostalgic about some of those old Bulls, Bulls teams, but then you realize, all right, it's because Julius Randle, probably not there yet as your go-to bucket getter. And what have we heard about the NBA in the playoffs? There's a premium on knowing when everything else breaks down, because at some point you can only account for so much game plan-wise, you've got to have someone who can go get it. And the Hawks have Trey Young, and the Knicks don't have anybody right now. Well, and you know, the Knicks are sort of stuck in this interesting spot let's say it this way and I don't want to say stuck because frankly you go to the playoffs that's something to be celebrated and I'll look at my Raiders fandom yes they lost to Houston the one time they've made the playoffs in the last whatever 15 16 years but at least there was a playoff game and so at some point you look at it and say all right you throw your hands up and say at least I got a little extra you know of whatever sport I love so I don't want things to be doomsday and I think what happens a lot of times when you have a team that's just good enough to make the playoffs is that you start talking about them like they're one of the worst teams in the league again I don't want to do that here but let's not get it twisted like the Knicks this year outperformed expectation and there's not some moment where I look at this roster and say oh well that's okay because they're about to become the dominant team in the east like clearly for the next couple of years there are teams that are going to be much better than the Knicks in the east right like Brooklyn is not going anywhere Milwaukee's not going anywhere uh, Philly's not going anywhere they're they're better not only today but they're better built for the next few years so like there's a message of enjoy this run but I'm not sure where it really leads for anybody no well I, I mean you it's this requires people to be honest about where the Knicks are, and that's the problem with the excitement that's built up around having this team just back relevant is sometimes we throw that out here. Like, if you're building a house and it's got a great foundation and the frame is up, you can't get mad at it when it doesn't keep rain out. Like, that's not what it's built to do at this point. And so for this Knicks team, it's built to be a great foundation and framework of what's to come, like Brooklyn did, but it has a very clear ceiling, and we're seeing that borne out right now. It shouldn't be surprising, but again, when you let excitement and energy take over, and when you start to have expectations, when you got the most improved player in Julius Randle, who you've lionized as a fan base, because he represents all these nice sports things, and he's been a great story, it can at times give you a false sense of where you're at building the house. So where... Michael Luke Jr., Jason Fitz, in for Greeny, Greeny on ESPN Radio. Uh, where are you at this point on Julius Randle? I love this stats and info nugget. He shot 12 of 49 on two-pointers in the series. That would be the fourth-worst two-point field goal percentage over a four-game span in a single postseason since the NBA-ABA merger. I mean, that that's how bad it's been for the most improved player. And I don't know how to balance the great that we saw during the course of the regular season with the bad that we're seeing right now. Yeah, I mean, I think... 
Julius Randle is a very good player who on certain days can be great, right? Like, he's never going to be a superstar in this league. He's always going to be someone I think you'd be uncomfortable giving a max contract to, but he can be a really good component of this team. That being said, I've always phrased it like this is... When I look at these teams, and we just saw Brooklyn harvest everything to go out and get the big three that they've got. We watched the Lakers do that with Anthony Davis, selling off young parts left and right. And I always look at this and I say, is Julius Randle untouchable for when you inevitably harvest this roster for the stars that you want to bring over? And my thought is still no. My thought is if you can get the right player in return, Julius Randle has got to be included in that package. So he's good enough for that, but not good enough to be untouchable. Harvest this roster is such an interesting statement by you and a truism to the way most of it's built. I just I keep looking at the Suns as the one great hope you know, over there where you say, okay, Young team, and they didn't harvest anything. They just brought in a Chris Paul that had a resurgent year. So maybe there's this hope, but I, I just don't know that, the, that they can get to that ceiling, Mike. It feels like there's too much gap between there. So you're right. Maybe they harvest, but that just feels strange to me. Yeah, well, and the problem with the Suns, too, is you're going to have people looking at Devin Booker just the same way you're going to have Knicks fans, I'm sure, looking long and hard and Donovan Mitchell wondering how can we coax them out of these markets that are going to be difficult places to, I think, persuade other big-time free agents to come over and join up in the way that is just a requirement to win in this league right now. Well, and and that's going to be interesting because does this all make the Knicks a better landing spot for people that are considering playing elsewhere? We'll figure it out. Greeny on ESPN Radio, Mike and Jason Fitz sitting in. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.